Namaskaram everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. We have a very special Hatha Yoga teacher. I'm sure many of you have already seen him on Instagram lives. We have Gangesh Anna with us. Namaskaram Anna. Namaskaram Vaishu Anna. Thank you so much for having me. Namaskaram everyone listening. So Anna, we'll, if, with your permission, we'll go directly into the podcast. Yes, so, let's go for it. I'd really love to know a lot about you and this name also gangesh and i brother it was your first name <laughs> also i would like to know <laughs> so we, we'll get into those details yeah <laughs> so we can start right from wherever you want your childhood or wherever your college whichever place you're comfortable with and i think we could know a bit about you wow okay childhood um <laughs> so I, i i was born in colombia in south america and um i grew up in a very humble neighborhood a uh, very humble family uh i think this is also i can relate so much to india um you know and and most of the people that i have that i have come into contact with because the way that i grew up is very similar to lifestyle in india oh. and um i did um i did go to school there until i was uh, in 7th grade oh okay. so right up until about 12 years old um my my family decided to move to the united states my father was already in the united states but i was in in colombia uh going to school whatever <clears throat> and then i remember when um you know that first time uh they brought us to new york city i was 12 and i was so mesmerized <laughs> by by so much you know because and i'm sure it's the same thing like you know somebody from india comes into the united states is like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah so much you know so much of your senses have are are constantly targeted you know and and uh, you know times square things like these and all these big buildings and you know all these fancy cars and all these things and so uh i remember when i first came here i was just like i don't want to go back like, <laughs> I, i love it here i i don't want to go back to colombia and uh, uh you remember when we first got our green card um we came in january 1999 for the first time to new york city and um we only stayed for two weeks in january oh. and then they told us you go finish your studies graduate seventh grade and then you come back here and you know we can continue and that's it fine but i remember telling my father that i didn't want to go back i said just enroll me in school here i don't care i'll learn language it's fine and um anyway they sent me back to to colombia and i remember once i moved back uh in the summer august 99 uh so you know first time came in january then moved entirely in august and a month later i hated it <laughs> i i didn't want to stay here anymore i mean i loved everything you know uh like i mentioned all these beautiful things and and definitely the lifestyle that we had was very different um but i was so lonely you know i didn't have any friends i couldn't speak the language and uh people making fun of me for for being from colombia and not speaking english and you know so many things that it just dramatically went from like being so good to be here to not wanting to be here at all 
so that's a little bit of my transition there. I, I guess this is actually uh, it's the first time I share this. Please, more <laughs> so, deep, so, more, more. <laughs> so uh, pretty exclusive over here with Vice, Joanna. <laughs> yeah, Sadhguru exclusive, um, Gangesh yeah. exclusive. <laughs> yes, uh, so it was, it was very, um, I don't want to say traumatizing, but it was, it was not the best time of my life when I first moved here. Um, especially in school, I remember uh, being discriminated uh, very often for not speaking English. And, you know, being from Colombia, everybody knows only about like Pablo Escobar and cocaine. Oh, and so okay. everyone would ask me, you know, like, oh, uh, you know, it's a family drug dealing. And I was like, no. <laughs> oh you know, and, and these, these, this became very like uh, normal. I, I hate to say it, but it became very normal. Everybody only knew about that and even now like I remember in 2017 uh, after I graduated uh, school in 2016 I stayed in India traveling for the new year and uh, I remember I went to one house and the minute I said I went from Colombia all they mentioned was narcos you know that show on Netflix and I'm like my goodness it's been (laughs) you know 20 years and still this thing is going on and um, that was you know that was not very nice experience being in New York. However, I, I like the fact that it's so diverse, you know, I'm, I'm in Queens and Queens is, is supposed to be or known as the world's most diverse borough. And you find people from all over and it's very, I mean, it's a little bit segregated, but you can see people that are, let's say one neighborhood, everybody's Greek, then the next neighborhood, everyone's Indian, then the next neighborhood, everyone is Colombian or Mexican or or from Italy and it you know you have everything from all over there is this uh, uh, street that I visit often to buy incense and sage and my turmeric and everything oh. so a lot of Indian people there and uh, you know once I walk there I feel like I'm in somewhere in Nepal or, or, <laughs> or in North India <laughs> so it's that aspect I really like you know you could grab food from just about anywhere in the world in New York and and I think it just set me up for what my adulthood would be because I got very early on, I got um, introduced to so many different cultures and uh, in Colombia, you know, you just only know yours. So I got introduced to so many different cultures, so many different foods and things like this. And um, you know, it, it was, it was very, very nice that aspect, but I hated it. Nonetheless, I, I, I didn't want to be here. Um, and uh, I started mostly, I guess, living here, but my heart and mind were somewhere else, you know? And, um, you know, you just kind of get used to it, but I, I, I would often travel back to Colombia and uh, visit there. And, you know, fast forwarding back to, um, I guess, uh, when I'm somewhere around 17, um, I, um, you know, I'm already working and, you know, kind of just going around the same things. And um, I wasn't never interested in anything. I, I know that this sounds crazy, but I was never interested in anything. I was already in, in college and I had gone to college for advertising design. That's what I love doing. I love drawing, coloring, you know, uh, all these things. And Although I went to school for it, I was just never happy with anything. And, and if you talk to my father today, he'll tell you that 
I'm, I'm the type of person that never finishes anything. I start a bunch of things, but never really finish. And um, I just kept like seeking, you know, I would get bored easily. And I'm like, why is it that I can't just find something that I really enjoy or love doing? And, um, you know, being in college, but not really happy with what I'm doing. I just was kind of like doing it for my parents. And um, when I when I was going through uh, my college days, I was told by an actual professor, he said, um, you know what, you could be the best designer. Oh. But if you don't have a hand in the company, then the odds of you getting in are very slim. And I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, I don't know anybody in the industry. And at the time I was working in the Empire State Building oh, okay. as a tour guard. Okay. Had a lot of fun there, I guess. It was probably one of my favorite jobs at, at some point because I interacted with a lot of people from all over the world. Something like maybe 10,000 people a day, I would see. From all over the world. And uh, I was, um, at that point, maybe I was 20, 21. And had just bought a new car oh, and it's got, yeah, it's got. So I was it was <laughs> humble you know it was a, it was a two uh that year was 2007 I had a, a 2007 Mazda 3 they oh. don't have Mazda in India right no here I haven't seen yeah. Mazda much no no yeah it's a Mazda 3 uh you know very very nice for a 20 year old yeah. nice car <laughs> you know very small and uh it, it I loved it honestly it was, it was it was a good experience but you know, having to pay the car and the insurance and all these things. And I felt like I was really stuck to, you know, what everybody here in the United States kind of lives. You know, you have to go to school, you have to get your car, you have to get yourself in debt, you have to get married by a certain age, you have to have a house by a certain age. And I felt like I was already in that. And, and you know, at that point, it's everything I, I knew. So I went along with that. And um just not uh happy with the job that i had although i had a lot of fun and i was making good money for a 21 year old but um i had a friend then uh maybe four years later so i'd say maybe 2011 uh a really good friend of mine just uh tells me one day hey would you like to maybe come in for an interview at my brother's uh company um not his company but he works there he said, I think you, you'd be a great fit for the, for the company. Why don't you just come in? And I said, what, what, what kind of business? They said, finance. I said, wow, I don't know anything about finance, but you know what? Let's do it. You know? And I went in and I really liked it. And I, and I liked more the fact that I was my own boss, you know? Um, and honestly, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but it turned out to be life insurance and investments. <laughs> so, uh, not the most fun thing to do ever. Anyway, finance is boring, but, uh, you know, I got to wear fancy suits and, you know, visiting people and whatever, but I must admit to everybody listening that I miserably failed at that. <laughs> oh, okay. I, uh, I did it. I did it on my own. I was what's called a financial representative for two years. And in the first couple of months I did really well. I made a lot of money, but, um, I guess it was just that, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I, I like starting a bunch of things, but I get bored easily. So once again, I got bored, but this time we're talking about money. You know, oh, it's yeah. like, if, how can I get bored doing what I have to do to make money? And so uh, two years later, I found myself in debt. Um, 
instead of me making so much money, I, I, I found myself owing $2,000 to this company, man. Oh, oh. And, uh, <laughs> and so, um, finally got to, um, pay that off and I left the company and then I get a phone call from somebody from there. And, uh, he says, Hey, listen, um, you know, we, we've been kind of noticing the job that you've been doing and we think you're a great fit for my office. Uh, you will not have to worry about um, finding clients because that's where I was lacking. I, I, I couldn't find clients and so I couldn't make money. And uh, he said, don't worry about the clients. You know, we'll, we'll, um, we'll give you everything you need. You will just work for me. You get a steady paycheck every week. And I said, fine. But since I hated it so much, um, I said, uh, all right, I'll, I'll only work four days. I don't want to work five days a week. And he says, okay, what will you be doing the other day, that the extra day and, you know, Saturday and Sunday? I said, uh, well, my passion is photography. So let me just uh, try that. You know, I guess being, I had already been doing it since college and, you know, it's more like a hobby. But I said, I can make money out of this. I'm going to try. And so I decided to go for it. And um, it started, you know, very slowly while I was working in this office, I hated working in that office, <laughs> but I knew I needed money. And, um, I stayed there for another two years until I got really exhausted of the culture in these financial offices. And, you know, uh, I think that's when my eyes started to open to life because I, I've, I guess the way that I was uh, raised by my, my father and my mother, um, Although I didn't really spend much time with my dad. I mean, let me just make a small parenthesis there because um, my father left to the United States when I was four years old or three, I think. So I didn't really spend time with him until I was nine years old. And then he left again. And then again, when I was 12 that I came here, we kind of like uh, bonded again. But my relationship with him was just never really kind of there. And um, nonetheless, I felt like I had a great support from from his side as a, as a father figure. And so my mother and the way that I was raised by them was um, very humble because we come from very humble backgrounds, you know, to share, I guess, going even more personal and deep. Um, <laughs> my father, my father had to start working at nine years old. Oh. Um, and he was, you know, this is a very, very common scenario in India. You see really small children working and you can sometimes find them in, in dumpsters. So my father is one of these children. Um, you know, he had a really rough, rough, rough childhood. And, you know, he always tells this story that he could only wear shoes up until he was, I think, 15 or something. You know, he just, they just didn't have money. And um, he had to, when they didn't have any money, it was, uh, 11 of them all together, brothers and sisters. My father was one of the oldest, so he had to go out and provide for the rest of them at nine years old. So, you know, listening to these stories as I grew and, and not only that, but seeing my family and the struggles that they had gone through, and they still are to this day. Um, I, I always, you know, I consider myself very good hearted in that, in that aspect. So when I'm in this financial world and everybody is so selfish and just looking to get richer, no matter what, I started to see such disproportionate um, 
matter, you know, of uh, how some of them get richer and the others get poorer. And not only that, but what they will do and, and to the extent that they will go just to make a penny, it just sickened me, you know? It, I, I just could not wrap my head around that. And I did not want to become that. So after I finally got completely fed up, um, I resigned. <laughs> And um, I, uh, I, I started traveling. Just before I left that office, I, I traveled for the first time outside of the United States and I, I went to Istanbul in Turkey. And that's, I guess, when I first started getting in touch with spirituality. Oh, okay. Because, uh, yeah, it's getting interested now. <laughs> <laughs> because um, I... Um, you know, uh, again, I, I'm kind of lost in my life, not really knowing where I want to go, already fed up with the work I have. Um, at that point, I think I was maybe 27. And I'm like, man, I'm only getting older. And, and I don't know what the hell I'm doing with my life. So I was very, um, I don't want to say scared, but I was very lost in my life, you know. And um, even like, um in relationships you know uh, i guess emotionally speaking or romantically speaking let's say <laughs> even then i couldn't find uh, uh any stability in my life and so when i left to turkey i spent a couple of days in istanbul and i guess just having um myself being surrounded by a completely different culture and being in touch with these mosques and, and the level of spirituality that these people have there, I had never been uh, in touch with. Although I live in New York City, I had never gone into a mosque, you know? But when I went there, I guess, being in touch with all this history and so much, I started questioning because the Hagia Sophia, one of the buildings there, um, it was a, a mosque and then it became a church again and then again a mosque and I'm like, I may be wrong about that. It may be the other way around, but <laughs> it just, you know, I started thinking, I was like, all these people are always, you know, if you go look back into time, they're always fighting for religion. And I've never been the religious type. Um, in fact, uh, I've always kind of been the black sheep of the family <laughs> in that aspect because I never wanted to go to church. I, I never wanted to um, really do any of these things, but uh, I would only do it for my mother. And seeing the devotion these people had and everything, it just kind of shifted something in me. But what it did was it just led me to ask questions again, because I remember as a child, um, I would always ask, you know, looking up at the stars and I would always think about aliens. I don't know why, <laughs> <laughs> but I would always look at, uh, at the sky wondering, you know, and, and I'm, and, and uh, even my family, to this day, they still make fun of me because I used to talk about aliens so much and UFOs and oh my God, and I want to see something. And uh, I just had a thousand questions. And, you know, uh, I went to Catholic school. And in Catholic school, you're not supposed to ask any of these questions. Okay, <laughs> okay. okay, okay. <laughs> I had, I even had a, a subject, uh, religion as a subject. And um, I remember asking some questions and the nuns that they would be the teachers that at some point that say you you know just don't don't ask that oh, okay just okay. just keep reading you know <laughs> and you know I was too young to even say why or anything like this and I've never been uh, kind of the person to um, be 
I guess, uh, disrespectful to elders and, and you know, things like that. So I would just stay quiet. But then here I am again at 27, asking these questions that I, that I kept, uh, again, longing for when I was young. And um, I didn't really pay much mind to it, but I knew something was calling me. And um, I didn't pay attention to that. But um, I remember that um, coming back to New York, something felt so different. And I said, I don't want to be here. I want to travel again. So as soon as I got back, um, I booked another, another trip. And I left this time to Prague and, um, and also uh, Budapest. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I, I guess I was just thirsty for, for, for more. I didn't know what I was looking for, but I, I, at that point, traveling was soothing that, you know? So I loved Prague. I stayed there for a couple of days and then went to Budapest and I loved it. It's, I guess uh, it's one of the most beautiful European cities I've been to, to be honest. And um, came back to New York and uh, got myself in a relationship. Um, still struggling with this whole uh, photography thing. And um, somehow I, I got... I got to a point in my life where <clears throat> I realized how messed up my life was, you know? And I think uh, I like to share that because not many people uh, are actually honest enough to look at their life and say, what am I doing with my life? You know, they just simply go with um, whatever everyone else is doing. And, and I was doing what everybody else was, you know, I, I was okay at that point. And, and just to even go deeper and share more personal aspects, I, I, at that point, I was going to a bar Tuesdays and Sundays out of all days. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> not, not Friday or Saturday. <laughs> Sunday, okay. Sundays <laughs> and Tuesdays, I was going to a bar and just ramming beers left and right. I was never the type to get uh, completely drunk and I would often drive. So uh, I would have maybe a beer or two, still drive, very responsible. But that's kind of what I was doing at that point. I had a beer belly, you know, up to here. And, oh, is it? <laughs> uh, nobody ever said anything, okay? No one in my life, my family, the girlfriend had a time. No one ever said, hey, maybe you should stop drinking. Or, okay. No one ever said anything because it was the normal thing to do, you know? And um, I was so unhealthy. Uh, I remember um, I, I had um, uh, my triglycerides were high. Um, high cholesterol. Um, I was, I weighed 200 pounds, completely depressed, uh, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and what really just kind of, you know, tilted everything over was the relationship that I was in was really bad, I have to say. And um, bad in the sense that um, I guess I was able to see all the wrong things that I was doing in other relationships in this one relationship. And uh, it just kind of, you know, brought me to my knees. And, and I was like, my goodness, yeah, I'm going through all of this because this is exactly what I've been putting all these women through before. So all of these things, you can only imagine Vaisu, my life was just upside down. I had, you know, my, uh, my heart was plummeting. I had no real job, no money. Um, 
I, I was practically unemployed. Um, you know, had to struggle over here with like um, uh, payments, rent, and all these things. And, and I had no idea what I was going to do with my life and did not want to go into a job. I, and somehow I was like, man, if these guys like, you know, Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, like all these people just suddenly, you know, they did so much for the world. I have to do the same thing somehow. I don't know how. And then um, in 2015, I, um, I had a couple of experiences just seeking, you know, seeking and seeking more. It just led me to having certain experiences that completely obliterated everything that I knew or that I am. And it was such a big impact on me that I became depressed completely. I, I, um, I finished my relationship with that person at that time uh, towards the end of 2015 for my birthday. I was turning 28, uh, excuse me, 29 I was turning. And um, I, here I am, end of the year 2015, completely just lost, depressed, broke, um, you know, no, nothing to aspire for. Uh, no college degree because I, I left college. Um, I, 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 well, technically they say I finished. I just couldn't get my diploma because I didn't pay. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I still have credits to make, but whatever, that doesn't matter anymore. But, you know, I find myself in the lowest point of my life. Where, and and, and um, at that point, uh, I remember for that birthday, it was very significant because uh, a really old friend of mine from high school just kind of bounced back in my life. I had no idea where this guy came back from. Um, his name is Sebastian, and I'm really thankful for him if he ever hears this. Um, he invited me to, uh, to see a group of people. I had told him about the experiences that were happening to me that I did not understand, but he somehow kind of, you know, seemed to know and he invited me to um, meet a couple of people and, and, I, and I sat with them and had a really good time. Um, but I just knew this was not it. And somehow he appears for my birthday. I had a surprise birthday party. I hate those things, but here he goes having a surprise birthday party. And he shows up with a book called The Be Here Now by Ram Das. Oh. Yeah. And uh, I look at this thing and I was like, what is this? And he was like, just don't worry about it. Look, I know it looks funny. Um, just there's a note inside. Just read it when you get home, okay? Don't pay attention to it right now. Just if you have any questions, just let me know. That's it, fine. I got home the very next day. I looked at the note. The note said, when the student is ready, ready the teacher appears. And I said, okay, this is a good start to this book. <laughs> And at that point, um, I didn't know anything about India in terms of the culture, in, in, in terms of its spiritual roots. Um, I didn't know anything about gurus. I didn't know anything, okay? And here I am reading this book. And um, I guess I connected so well with the book that it, it was almost as if 
the book was explaining to me some of the things or the experiences that I had, that I have had and how that was just kind of like, woo, just kind of slowly going into what yoga is. And I didn't know what yoga was at that point. If you just said the word yoga, I would always think of just, you know, white women in tights, um, stretching and things like this. I never really um, cared nor, nor just, uh, I mean, just, just remember the lifestyle, okay? 200 pounds, beer <laughs> yeah. belly, bar Tuesday, Wednesday. You know, yoga is the last thing you're probably here. And um, uh, the, the end of the book had, uh, I mean, it was very interesting, everything, although I didn't understand much, you know, and, and it talks about many different things. And um, at the end of the book, there is something called Recipe for Well-Being, I believe, if I remember correctly. And it, and it had 10 asanas. And I, uh, I started practicing those for those of you listening and doing any Isha practices, please do not do this. <laughs> Book yoga is the worst thing you could ever do. Uh, it's, you know, you can harm yourself actually, but, um, but I am quite grateful that, that I found that because I started practicing these asanas and it was only 10 of them. And I would uh, do them in the morning, uh, no empty stomach, no nothing. I would just do it whenever I felt like it. And, and I started feeling something, you know, every time I stretched uh, in one particular asana. And for those of you that practice asanas or um, Isha yoga asanas, that was uh, Paschimottanasana. Um, I could very significantly uh, feel something within me. I just didn't know what it was. And I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, this is, there's something here. I just don't know what it is. And I just became so thirsty to know what the hell is this? This is not just a stretch. And, and although the book was there, I actually, I have to admit, I stopped reading at that point because I got so caught up with the asanas that I didn't care about the rest of the book until I understood what was happening. And I started doing these things twice a day. So by this time is now January. And uh, in February or so, I'm on YouTube, again, looking yoga, asanas, like all of these things, suddenly chakras and all this nonsense that you can find on YouTube just started, you know, coming onto me. And I remember I clicked on to watch a video about something, how to balance your chakras or something, I don't know. And um, Sadhguru came in a, in a commercial. <laughs> oh, okay. And, and I said, who's this man, you know, and those five seconds that you have to click next on that, on that video to skip your commercial, that's all it took. I didn't know what exactly was said. I don't know what he was talking about. Maybe in engineering, I don't know. And then, um, I just clicked and it led me to another video and then another video and then another video and another one and another one and another one. And I'm just here spending the entire day and night. Cause again, remember I'm depressed. I have no job. I have no girlfriend. I have no life. So all I'm doing is just watching Sadhguru's videos and um, just trying to get answers. And, and, and what I found very particular, and I, I've heard a lot of people resonate with this is that I felt like he was talking to me. Like he was directly talking about what was happening in my current life. Um, 
and the current situations that were existing. And uh, in, 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 in another aspect, I felt like he was intellectually fitting me, making me understand the experiences that I was having. Because that, that's one of the particular things about my, my journey, I guess, is that I, I had to kind of look for yoga, although it landed in my lap. But a lot of people first go into it or read about it, and then they have an experience. To me, it was the opposite. I had a blown out, an ex- I had a blown out experience, didn't know what the hell it was, and then had to find out why. <laughs> So here he was, Sadhguru, explaining um, everything that was happening to me. And uh, the, the more I heard him talk, the more I felt this was so unreal. Like, I, I, I don't think this is true. I don't think this is real. This, is, this cannot be. And, and then the more he would just say, the more I would connect. Um, I remember in one, uh, okay, maybe this is just going too much. <laughs> no, no, go on. <laughs> but I guess this is what you want to hear. Yes, yes. <laughs> I remember uh, this was, um, I think, February still, February or maybe early March, um, because I applied for Hatha Yoga School in March. So maybe in late February, I remember I'm in my room. And at that point, you know, I didn't know what meditation was. And my way of meditating back then was lying down on my bed, palms open. And uh, just stay there until I fell asleep. You know? <laughs> that was the way that I used to meditate. And um, I remember I would listen to a lot of his videos and also some meditations just like that until I found out about Ishakriya. But I remember for this one particular um, meditation, you know, I'm, I'm lying down on the bed and I close my eyes and I let the meditation go. And... 10 minutes into it, I feel a presence in my room. It just, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know if I was scared. I didn't know if um, I was happy. I didn't know what I was at that point, but I just could not wrap around my head what was happening, you know, because I felt someone in my room. I, I, I could even smell things. I got so scared, I immediately stopped the meditation. <laughs> and, um, and again, you know, more questions and more questions. And again, every time I watch the videos, Sadhguru here is answering these questions and almost telling me like, don't worry, you know, like just, just keep doing what you're doing. Don't ask questions, just do it. <laughs> but you know, again, I have never been the intellectual type up until maybe not too long ago, but um, never really cared for the explanation of things, just knowing that it's happening. Um, but, but some of these things were so outlandish, you know, so outside of whatever you would consider normal that I just was like, can you just please tell me what this is? Like, you know, and, and, and um, at that point I was very depressed because a lot of these experiences I would talk to other people about and they would think I'm crazy and I'm not finding anyone I can relate to. My brother-in-law, thankfully, he had read some books about Osho and he even lent me one. Um, So I was reading Love by, uh, excuse me, Zen by Osho I was reading. And uh, 
those things were kind of there, but still not, not, not somebody that I can look at and talk to that had already had these experiences, you know, they were just kind of here. Like, oh, I think this will help you. But I was like, but you don't understand <laughs> the things that are happening. You know, I, I, these things are not normal. I, um, I, I remember, um, even telling my dad, uh, one particular experience that I was having at that time and still today, but you know, as, as you, as you open up yourself to these things, your perception enhances, right? And the, and some of the things that come with that, if you're not well rooted in your sadhana, you know, they can be very new. Uh, <laughs> and, and if you are not, um, you know, you're not, you're not having somebody to guide you as to what you're experiencing, it could be detrimental. And uh, some of the experiences that I was having, I was telling my dad, I was like, dad, this, 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 this right now, is this true? And he says, yeah. And I was like, how can you not believe that, that these things are happening to me? And he's like, yeah, you know, I was, I was also like that, you know, I was very intuitive and things like that. I was like, no, you don't get it. <laughs> and, uh, and I guess that's where uh, my relationship with my dad kind of just, you know, uh, it, it wasn't the best. I mean, it, this is not to say that other things that had happened before, but in terms of my journey, this is where he kind of um, started questioning, you know, like, is he on drugs or something, you know? And um, um, I, I started to have these experiences even more uh, often than not. And some of them just never went away. And, and, it, and it's almost like, you know, here you are experiences life one way. And just put it like this for the people that are listening. Let's say that, um, you know, you have never worn glasses, but you need them, right? Let's say your eyesight is not the best. And um, suddenly you are given a pair of glasses at age 29. And suddenly you put them on and you see the world and you're like, oh, oh goodness. <laughs> you know, you see everything so clear. You see everything so there. And you can even see more than other people, right? Because you have your glasses and, and, and um, that's what I was experiencing. I could not really um, wrap my head around everything that was happening. So that time I must say that it wasn't a fun time, you know, although I'm very thankful for the experiences that I had, but it was the worst time for me because now that I look back, you know, it's so nice to remember, but at that point, I didn't want to be in my shoes, you know, um, so many different things. And, and, and you always hear about spirituality being this beautiful unicorn rainbows, <laughs> you know, heaven, la la land. And, and it wasn't like this from what I was experiencing. I was like, this is, I don't want to say it's awful, but since it was so new, I was just, just completely baffled by it. I, I didn't know, you know, how to, to deal with the situations that were happening. And um, again, slowly Sadhguru would kind of like reel me back in, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and say, uh, it's, you know, do this, 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 that. So um, at that point, I didn't know anything about the Hatha Yoga School. Oh. And uh, I was just listening to Sadhguru. And, and I remember one day he started talking about yoga. Oh. And uh, I'm like, wait, yoga? <laughs> I have a book about that. <laughs> and, uh, and he started, you know, 
just sharing and, and I guess transmitting so much that I was like, oh my goodness, this, 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 this is something else. You know, this yoga is not, it's not the stretch part that I saw. <laughs> and um, he started talking about the Hatha Yoga School and oh. classical Hatha Yoga. And because of all these things that were happening to me, uh, I remember my sister had told me, you know what, why don't you try to do a yoga training, you know, become a certification or something. You know how you, over here you can get the like 200 certification, 200 hour thing like that. And um, I said, you know what, it's not a bad idea. So I started looking at schools and when Sadhguru mentioned that he has a Hatha Yoga School, I said, what? And this man has an ashram? This man has a whole place for himself? I want to go. <laughs> so uh, immediately after, I, I applied for Hatha Yoga School. So mind you, I, I saw Sadhguru for the first time on YouTube in February. Okay. In March, oh. I applied for the school. Oh, okay. okay. So uh, the school got back to me. I remember um, I had uh, multiple interviews, actually, because I was very honest, telling them everything about my life. And um, I remember Ma Jayatri, uh, who is now Ma, Ma Jayatri, um, had an interview with me and, and, you know, she was very helpful. She was telling me so many different things. And, and uh, just, I remember it was almost as if they're asking me, are you sure you want to come? Like, you know, this is going to be hell. <laughs> I was like, are you sure you want to? It's, it's almost as if they were trying to convince me not to go. Okay. But I was so, um, I guess, um, I was so determined to do this because of the experiences that I was having that I said, I don't care if I die in that training. I want to understand what the hell is happening to me. You know, and, and at that point I got for the first time, it's almost like I put my foot down and I said, what is this? You know, what's happening to me? I want to understand, you know, I've, I lost my friends. I lost some of my family members. I lost everything that I, that I knew because of all this. This is my world now. Like just, just a couple of months ago, I was, you know, um, worried about so many different things that now make no sense. What is happening to me? And I knew I was onto something, but you know, sometimes you get frustrated in this, in this um, path, I guess, especially when you're just starting. So um, I guess I, I, I told them, you know, that the longing that I had was beyond anything and I would do anything that they asked me. And I told them this and, and, and I said, I will do anything that you tell me to do, I will do. And she says, are you sure about that? And, and I said, yes. And, and they started uh, telling me the routine. They started telling me um, a lot of what the schedule would be like. And I said, I don't care. This is how determined I am. You know, I don't care if I have to go to boot camp, you know. Uh, in fact, when, when I was younger, uh, again, another, another insight here. Um, <laughs> I was a day away, one day away from going to uh sign to go to boot camp for the u.s marine oh is it okay yeah and i was 18 years old and i'm glad i never did that because <laughs> as soon as that happened the the next year uh united states went to war with afghanistan afghanistan oh. so i'm glad i never did that but but you know uh i said look if i was ready to go to boot camp um i think i'm ready to go to this yoga boot camp <laughs> <laughs> so 
uh, finally, um, they got back to me and they said, congratulations, you've been accepted. I could not even believe it. But uh, on that last interview, before they gave me the okay, I said, look, um, I know I haven't been accepted yet, but I already have my flight ticket. <laughs> and then they said uh oh do you i said yeah i you know i i i want to be there uh whatever it is that that Sadhguru is what whatever he is or whoever he is um i think i have to be there and um they said you know i actually wanted to let you know that uh you have been accepted so congratulations and i was like oh my god <laughs> so i i remember crying um, I was so happy and excited, and then, um, and then preparations for training became uh, the, the the thing. And and suddenly, you know, it was so beautiful because it was, it was right after I got that acceptance that it was almost like, ah, oh, you know, it was like a big relief because I was finally going to to uh, to get on the path of understanding all of these things that were happening to me. Because to that point, I still didn't know what the hell is happening. And um, I remember um, when I was packing, um, when I was, uh, you know, giving away things, because I said, uh, I, I, I mapped out a journey. And I said, um, because I wanted to go to India anyway, is, see, every time that I looked in in maybe YouTube or Google or any books or anything, including that first book that was given to me, always led back to India for whatever reason. <laughs> and so I was planning to go to India, but I was not planning to go there until 2017. And here I am, March 2016, uh, getting ready. And um, um, I remember they they contact me, contacted me from school and said, um, have you done the inner engineering program? I said, no. I said, okay. Uh, so Sadhguru is going to be in Atlanta uh -oh. uh, and we'd love for you to go and complete your inner engineering with Sadhguru. And I said, oh my God, <laughs> I get to see him live, of course. <laughs> and then they said, uh, yeah. And I said, where, where, so when is it next week? I was like, oh my God, next week. So where is it? Atlanta. I was like, oh my God. Okay, fine. So they gave me a week and then they said, but wait, um, you have to complete the inner engineering online before you go there. Okay. I said, inner engineering online. Okay. And, and what is this? <laughs> so, well, it's a seven sessions, blah, blah, you know, they went on through it. <laughs> so I had literally, I had four days to finish the inner engineering program online, get myself on a plane fly to Atlanta and get initiated into Shambhavi. And uh, it went just phenomenal. Um, it was amazing. It was, I guess um, that day was probably the first time that I felt some sort of um, relief in terms of what was happening to me. Um, and uh, this was just two weeks before I got accepted to school. So it was just, you know, too much for those of you that have done any engineering, you understand, you know, sometimes there's, there's no, no comment that would do justice to what happens there. Especially for those of you that are open up to receive whatever Sadhguru has to give. So 
it was just so um, so in my face, and uh, and I was I, I felt like I just walked out with like grace falling upon me, and I get back to New York City, and I remember Swami Rohil called me a few days later, and he says, uh, "Hey, Namaskaram. Um, so we wanted to ask you." if uh, you're available for a Hatha yoga class so that, you know, you are a little bit more, um, I guess, uh, um, used to what you will be doing here in the ashram. And I said, of course, yeah, where where do I have to go? Tennessee. I was like, Tennessee? Okay, when? (laughs) Saturday. I was like, wow, like you guys think I'm just here waiting to fly left and right. (laughs) (laughs) And, and again, I was broke, but I said, somehow it just happened, you know? Um, I, so I flew to Tennessee. I remember once, this is, okay, this is just uh, one of those extra details for those people listening. Um, I remember getting to Tennessee and I had no money to get from the airport to the ashram because uh, um they wanted me to either take a shuttle that I had missed or rent a car. And when I went to use my card, they would not take it. And the next shuttle wouldn't be till the next day. And I'm like, oh my God, the class is the next day. What am I going to do? So I'm here sitting in the airport, Tennessee, crying because I cannot get to Ashram, which was like two hours from the airport or something like this. And I called the ashram and they were so nice. Um, I remember Adi, uh, he answered the phone and I told him my situation. He was like, oh, don't worry. Like, you don't have to get like that. <laughs> and I was like, but I can't get to the ashram. <laughs> and he was like, don't worry. Um, look, why don't, you, um, why don't you try to see what's the closest town you can get to and we'll pick you up from there. And I was like, oh my God, wow. So fair enough. I, they drove me about an hour and then they picked me up and he drove me the other hour and a half to the ashram. And I was so thankful. And I was like, my God, this guy stopped everything he was doing to get me. Like, I'm just one more participant. I'm no one special here, you know? And, and I felt like that was probably one of the first uh, experiences that I had with a volunteer, with a Nisha volunteer. And I was just so thankful, you know? And this, this guy just simply did it out of his heart. And he's like, and, and I'm over here like, look, I got 20 bucks, man. And he's like, don't worry just save it. You know, this is just, we're just trying to help you. And I was like, wow, thank you so much. And I went through uh, Surya Kriya. So I learned Surya Kriya in Tennessee, uh, who uh, teacher is now a Swami in Ashram and in India Ashram. And uh, he took Brahmacharya, I think, uh, last year. So it was really nice to see him last year. And um, after I came back to New York, um, Oh, and, and since I was, uh, you know, an aspiring trainee, uh, they wanted me to talk to Sheila, who's one of the teachers in the Hatha Yoga School. She was, she happened to be in Tennessee that, that day. Uh, she was with her parents. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is me. This is the time that I, that I have to like finally talk to somebody. And I was so excited to talk to her and I couldn't. Oh. <laughs> She was really busy, and uh, the next morning when she was free, I had to leave for the airport. So I couldn't talk to her, and I had to save my questions for another day. <laughs> and um, 
I remember once I came back to New York and I got my acceptance for the school, um, I was I was getting ready to 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 leave and uh, I found an old iPad that uh, that I that I used to work with in the financial industry and um, looking at the ash at the iPad I was going to give it to my mother so I started deleting all the information that was there like all these notes and I was like ah this is dreadful and then I started looking at the pictures and in those pictures. I found a picture of Mount Kailash. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. And I started reading. Well, so I started to remember that uh, when, I, when I had the office in the, the company, I, I wanted to uh, feng shui the office. <laughs> <laughs> you know, get the energies right. Yeah. I didn't know anything about that but I remember my sister telling me she's like look take a look at this book and do what's set there so that you can bring some luck into your office I said well okay you know what doesn't hurt anybody so you know it said you should have a, a bowl a crystal bowl in, in the office and you should have this and your desk should face this way and then it said at the very end with the picture of Mount Kailash it said place a picture of Mount Kailash behind your desk and I was like what <laughs> so I'm reading this and I just simply started crying because I, I felt like this thing had been in my life for so long that I was not paying attention to you know here it is like all the significance that is behind Mount Kailash right for those of you that that are listening uh, Mount Kailash is Shiva's abode, as Sadhguru calls it. And, and, and this is where um, so many yogis and sages have left their entire uh, knowing just in, in a form of energy in that mountain. And here I am packing, looking at this picture, crying. Um, and I said, you know what, this is no coincidence. I, I, I'm so happy that I that I get to do this. So I decided to go to Kailash. So I added on after training, what am I going to do? Mount Kailash. <laughs> so I said, uh, Kailash, here I come. So I planned my trip so that I would be in India um, through the, throughout the training. And then um, I would also stay traveling in India, go up to Nepal, and then eventually go to Kailash. But as soon as I got to India, I was so discouraged because I didn't have enough money. <laughs> Everybody kept telling me, no, you should go with Sadhguru. What are you doing? Oh I said, God. I don't care. I'll, I'll go hitchhike there. I don't okay. care. But, uh, but I, I, I ended up changing plans. I couldn't go there, but it's still on my list. But um, I, I decided to uh, have a one-way uh, one ticket to go to India. <clears throat> and... I packed a bunch of unnecessary things. So for those of you that are maybe have been accepted for training <laughs> and are listening, uh, trust me, you will not need half of the things you're probably packing. I'd suggest that um, you only take what's necessary and, uh, and nothing else, really. The focus of you being there should solely be for the training and uh, they will provide everything that you need. So just some clothing will be enough. Um, and um, I got to ashram and 
immediately after uh, I finally just settled in, I, I didn't know what I was feeling, but I loved it, whatever that was. I, I, I was just so humbled. Um, I was so happy. I was so, I don't know, I was so nostalgic. Uh, so many different things, so many different emotions just simply hit me. And I didn't know anything about Diana Linga. I didn't know anything about uh, Linga Bhairavi Devi. I didn't know anything about the Surya Kun. I didn't know anything about the Adi Yogi Alayam. <laughs> I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything, okay? <laughs> Nothing. And, uh, and here I am, you know, just uh, four or five months before this, I, I had seen Sadhguru for the first time and here I am, you know, trying to take on this, <laughs> on this training. So, um, like I said, the, the number one focus for me was understanding what was happening to me. And I remember for the first day that everybody is introducing themselves in the, in the training program, um, everyone's saying, you know, their first name and what they are here for or why. And I remember, you know, I stood up and I said my name and I said, um, I'm here because I have no idea what's happening to me and I want to take charge of this. And that's it. I, uh, I, I exactly what I had said, uh, I, I kept in my mind the entire program. So I, I, I have to, you know, be honest and say that when I went in for the training, I had zero intentions of teaching, none. Um, I, I didn't really um, think that I was going to teach after this. I just wanted to really see what's happening within me and, and understanding everything that Sadhguru was talking about. So um, I, it, that was kind of like the, uh, the whole point of me being there. And of course, the training is, uh, <laughs> it's so, uh, it's Bootcamp. so amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, f forget about that, that uh, boot camp aspect and, you know, the, the physical aspect of it, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's something else we can go into details. Not, not many though, but I can't, but, but uh, I'm sure you've talked to enough teachers to know that this, you know, it's not a breeze at least. But not even about that aspect, you know, like I said, I was willing to go through it. I didn't care what it took, but, um, you know, just the fact that you're in a consecrated space has the impact of just, if you just sit there, you know, you don't have to do any intense sadhana or nothing. If you just simply sit in this space, something will start to kick within you. And uh, it, it started really... Um, becoming a bigger and a bigger, bigger, bigger experience within me being in the Adi Yogyalayam because at some point we were also sleeping there. So, you know, we're spending almost the entire day in a consecrated space and uh, going through such intense sadhana, doing so many different things. And um, I felt like slowly this person that I had thought to be slowly started to like crumble apart. And uh, I didn't know how to take it, but I was very open to 
it, you know, to receiving whatever it is that I was given or, or I guess um, I was very open to that change that was coming within me. And uh, I remember at some point, you know, like it was almost from like one day to the next, I realized I looked at myself and I was like, wow, I'm even walking differently. The way that I walk started to change the way that I speak, the way that I look physically, I did change a little bit too. And um, all of these things started to happen. Um, but, but yet again, um, I guess that that longing was still there, you know, and, uh, and I didn't know why. And I'm like, but what is it then? You know, I'm already here. Uh, what is it? <laughs> still so many different questions out in my mind. And uh, being in Sadhguru's presence for Darshan, the ashram was just, you know, mind blowing. Um, meeting all the teachers, uh, it, you know, these are people that I look up to still today. Um, you know, they they have they have in so many ways shaped me into who I am today. And so I, I look up to all of them. Um, I'm extremely grateful because you start to you start to see the culture, you know. And, and again, I want everyone to understand this um, this difference between the culture of the financial <laughs> industry that I was coming from to the culture in the ashram, and it was so so tangible, you know. Uh, you see these volunteers just doing everything that they can to make this class happen for you. Everything is pristine, perfect, aligned. Um, you know, everything's on time. Like everything, food, class, whatever it is that you're doing will be on time, even trips. And um, all these things, you know, start to start to change you in so many different ways. And um, you, I guess that that was the beginning of, of uh, this big ride that I'm going through right now. <laughs> So, uh, you know, that, that's kind of where up to, up to training. Um, um, should I give you more details about training? <laughs> it's, it's up to you, Anna. like, if you have something, it would like you talk about trips and all. Well, okay. So, um, trips, let's, let's talk about the most significant trip I had. Um, I think I want to say was going to Trichy. So the school takes you to, I forget the, the name of the temple, but it's the, the water temple in Tichi. So it's very, um, very famous temple for, for those of you that don't know, um, there are um, temples in South India that are specifically consecrated for each one of the elements in creation. So earth, water, wind, fire, and ether or akash. And uh, we visited the one for water. And that was not just the fact that we were outside, you know, and we were able to be in India. <laughs> because, you know, when you're in the ashram, it's very different from where you're actually traveling outside. Yeah. Um, but I was so lucky and happy that I was able to um, be a part of the culture in the ashram before I started traveling. And um, when we went to Trichy, we also sat in a place where um, Sadhguru Sri Brahma meditated. So it was very, very significant for me because uh, we were 
exposed to so many different uh, places and energies. And uh, I cannot tell you exactly what was it that just marked the difference for me. But I can say that when we were in the water temple, um, after we, we come out of the main temple, everyone was just simply sitting in the mandapam meditating. And it was for the first time that I saw all of the other trainees simply sitting with eyes closed. You know, in the training, we were kind of doing it because we kind of had to, you know, <laughs> not because we enjoyed it, but here it is for the first time, all these yogis to be uh, with eyes closed, simply just absorbed in meditation. And I'm like, wow. Now, let me justify that I was not one of them. Why? Because, uh, <laughs> because uh, since I mentioned that I am, I am also a photographer, um, I was one of the photographers for the 2016 batch. Oh. So if you see any pictures of the 2016 batch, that was either myself or Abaya. And so, you know, I was just clicking away, but, but it was so beautiful to see um, all these different people finally sitting there and just uh, imbibing what this place had to give. And uh, that was kind of the trip that made a difference for me in terms of, um, in terms of understanding, um, I guess, the significance of these places and, and, and why they're taking us to these places specifically. Uh, and, and to share about trips also, for those of you that are going to training, uh, don't think that trips will make you skip your sadhana. <laughs> even, even if you go to a trip, um, you will stop for sadhana. Okay. They will make time for your sadhana and, and you should only, yeah. And you should only be thankful because, uh, when you do your sadhana, it, it's almost like you're preparing yourself to go into these places. So I did not, I did not understand that then, but uh, now I do fully. And so I'm really, I'm really grateful for, for the training. I, it's almost like, um, you know, and I, I don't have enough words to say what this training has done for me and, and uh, what it gives you. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I can only bow down to everyone that made it possible for me. And, uh, you know, all meditators, all teachers, um, Sadhguru, my family, everyone who had in some way or another contributed to this, I just, I can never thank them enough. I think, I think the only way of me thanking them is to simply working upon myself to not uh, disappoint them. <laughs> but, um, but it's just, it's too much. I mean, um, what you go through in that training is, is, is so much. It's not even about, a lot of people think that you go into training and yeah, you're going to learn this asana and that practice and this practice and that practice. But you start to notice and understand that yoga is not just so about the physical practices that you do, but even just the way that you leave your chapels before you go into any, any room or anything, that's yoga. And that's what started to like, uh, slap me in my face, you know, that, that yoga is so much more than whatever it is that we're doing here. And, and that's when I started to just get so excited about spending time in the ashram because yoga is happening everywhere in the ashram. 
just when you do practice. It's not just happening in a temple. Yoga is happening everywhere in the ashram and people sometimes just simply walk past it and, and they don't notice, you know? And so it just started to open me up in a, in a way that I never thought would. And um, um, I have to say that I, that I during the training, uh, I did, um, I did go uh, very, intense <laughs> i want to say i was very intense in terms of sadhana uh i i was injured I, I didn't even know once i started the training and started all these practices i started to notice that uh i had so many things wrong with my body i i noticed i had a partially dislocated right shoulder okay i had no idea about it and i also uh had which is still uh healing um i have a restricted movement uh excuse me a movement restriction on my left hip and i didn't know any of these things and they started showing up i guess on month number three maybe something like this and i was in so much pain sometimes i wouldn't be able to get up from one asana to the next and some of the teachers started to notice this and i remember uh catherine one of the teachers comes up to me and she's like uh you have to go to the doctor okay. and i said no i can't I, I i can't i can do this i don't have to see anybody and <laughs> i can work through this 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 is all karma <laughs> let me burn it and uh and they're like all right all right you're just talking too much you gotta go and uh, <laughs> and so i went to see dr niti rajan in coimbatore city and this is a very uh interesting story and special story actually because uh, that was the first time that i left the ashram on my own Ooh. <laughs> as a trainee right yeah and so uh, i was so excited because uh finally they 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 forced me to go and so uh it was myself and i think other four people maybe maybe five and so we all rented a little van and we, we, you know, we took the van to the city. So we're in Coimbatore city. We go to the doctor and then um, uh, we're doing different things. And finally uh, we spent the entire day there. So, you know, he had to see all these people plus is an hour and a half ride and hour and a half ride back and all these things. And, um, and plus we were in the city. Some people were getting some things that they needed and I started to notice that the more time I spent outside the ashram, I became quieter and more quiet and more quiet and more quiet. And like almost by the end of the ride, I didn't want to speak. And I found it just odd, you know, it's almost like, I don't know what, it's not like I was homesick, but, but I felt just, meh. <laughs> I didn't feel okay. And um, I remember we got back to ashram just before, they finished the rest of the trainees finished their evening sadhana so it was maybe 5 30 or so uh or almost six o'clock i want to say and um i remember i walked into the adiyogi alayam everyone's doing their sadhana and before i even just stepped in something hit me and uh i just simply got on my knees and it's almost as if um, I had understood experientially what it is the Adiyogi Alayam and what it is to be in the Adiyogi Alayam. 
and it was just so um, emotional for me. I'm a very emotional person. If you've noticed, I said I cried here and I cried there. <laughs> I'm very emotional, man. I, I I have to say that I that I don't let I don't hold back when I have to cry. It's it's uh, it's helped me so much. And for those of you that are the same, don't ever hold back on your tears. You know, it it's something that has helped me release so much tension and emotion. So I remember there just on my knees crying because I was away from the Alayam for just a few hours. And I said, I don't ever want to leave this place again. And um, I remember for one of the trips, I, I almost didn't go because uh, I said, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't tell anyone this, but, um, but towards the end, they had given us the option, you know, for, for some of us, uh, that trip was not mandatory. So I thought about not going. I said, let me just stay here, you know, I'm the ashram. I don't need to go anywhere else. But I also said, you know what? Um, you know, this is this is a once in a lifetime. I don't know when I'll be able to do this again with my trainee mates and uh, my batch mates. And uh, I said, let me just go. So I did. And, and I, I did not regret it. It was amazing. But but that was a day that uh, I could honestly see um, the big difference in in what it is to be outside the ashram when you've spent enough time there. And, um, you know, thankfully, um, I graduated uh, or and got my certification with everything I could teach. Uh, so I did everything successfully. And... Um, I remember I was just so focused on trying to get this done, you know, and I didn't want any distractions. Uh, um, I remember, uh, you know, because the ashram has the small convenience store, you know, they sell chocolate. And I'm like, oh my God, chocolate. But I, <laughs> but I remember I was so strict. I did not eat chocolate until the third month being there. Because I said, you know what? This, I didn't come here for, for, for none of this, all the nonsense. You know, I, I'm, I'm here for for doing whatever they told me to do. But I gave in after the third month and um, um, I've, kept, uh, I've kept that aspect, you know, so strict with my eating habits, even after training. <laughs> but I'm so thankful, honestly. And um, I mean, what else can I tell you? It's just so much to summarize. Uh, we can spend hours talking about this training, but... Uh, thankfully, uh, once I graduated in 2016, I stayed in India traveling. Uh, I stayed with some friends. I, I went everywhere. I, I went to um, the first uh, trip. I, I went to um, immediately after Ashram, I left to um, Madurai. And then from Madurai, I went to Sri Lanka for my visa. So uh, I stayed in Sri Lanka for maybe two weeks. I spent Christmas and New Year's there with another uh, teacher friend. And um, that was the first class that we taught, actually oh, first out of okay. training. And that was very exciting in, uh, in Sri Lanka. And um, uh, we came back to Madurai. And then from there, I, I was traveling with a friend, uh, another batchmate, Millie. And Millie, who also happens to be from Colombia, by the way, she's there right now. Um, at that point, we we decided to split. You know, she was going to go her own way, and I was going to go my way. And for the first time, by this was very significant because 
everybody's always longing for freedom, right? Everybody wants to be free and do whatever they want to do. But a lot of people don't realize how scary that can be. Because here I am in the middle of Madurai's uh, bus station. Okay. Uh, not knowing where to go. Oh. I'm completely free to do whatever I want. I could have picked any place, anywhere. But here I am sitting, not knowing what the hell to do. You know, I was like, I finally got all the freedom in the world. You know, I don't have any responsibilities right this second. I don't have anything to do or to attend to. And I felt, uh, I, it wasn't scary, but it was, it was, I guess it just opened me up to a whole level of understanding what it is to have that freedom, right? Because, um, you know, a lot of people don't, don't experience that often. And uh, here I am not knowing where to go. So I decided to go to God's own land. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I took a bus to um, Alipi okay. in Kerala. <laughs> okay. And uh, I visited the backwaters. I spent some time there. From there, I, um, I went to visit uh, a friend in Nagpur. And um, I, we went to, um, I was lucky enough though, uh, Abaya's friend that that's the friend I stayed with uh, Abaya's sister was getting married oh so they had Indian, a, Indian wedding yeah well I didn't get to be at the oh, Indian wedding oh no. but I, <laughs> I know but I was I was able to attend the um the pre-engagement uh, party wedding or late. Yeah, wedding which, or... exactly I mean I didn't know what the difference was but I was like okay and um uh I remember uh, we went to a state park uh, to see tigers. So we went for a tiger safari and they told me, oh no, you will not be able to see one. You need at least four days in the jungle. Here I am two hours later, tiger in front of me. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so it was so good to, to, to experience that. It was amazing. And um, from Nagpur, I went to Varanasi. Varanasi was just uh, too much um, too much, um, no, no words for Varanasi. Um, for those of you that have the opportunity, just go. Varanasi is, uh, anything I say will, will fall short. Um, I spent, uh, I think four or five days, four days in Varanasi. And then from Varanasi, I went up to um, Nepal. So I, I took a train to uh, Gurakpur, and then Gurakpur, I took a bus to Kathmandu. Uh, actually, actually, no, to the border. Oh. And then from the border of Nepal, I went to Kathmandu. I spent some time there. I was extremely uh, sad that I was not able to go into the uh, Pashupati temple oh. uh, because I was not Hindu. If I had a Hindu name, then I could have probably gone. Oh, oh is it? Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, they didn't let me in because I wasn't Hindu. And I was like, okay, okay fine. Uh, and I tried to sleep in and one of the guards ended up pushing me away. Oh. No, he got mad and he pushed oh. me. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, uh, I mean, he was aggressive. Yeah, he, and, and I was too because I was trying to get him. Yeah. But, uh, but I would just, I was so sad. Uh, and for the first time I was like, my God, I'm sad about going into a temple. 
I, that has never happened, you know, never. And um, that was very beautiful. Then from there, I went to um, uh, Pokhara. In Pokhara, I spent some time there. And uh, I guess I was not able to go to Kailash, but I was able to see the uh, Annapurna range from there. And, and that was pretty satisfying. Uh, seeing the Himalayas there was very touching, very profound. And uh, I felt like, you know, okay, I can check something up the list. I saw the Himalayas. <laughs> um, then I came back. Uh, I, I remember coming back from Nepal to India. I I got lost in the oh. train and I ended oh. up in Bihar. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, I didn't know this was, uh, you know, uh, uh, supposed to be a, a not so safe place. And um, okay. uh, somebody misguided me. So I ended up riding the train eight hours in the wrong di direction. Oh, okay. Yeah. So somehow I ended up getting back in the train and I had to ride in the, uh, in the economy. Uh, what is it? Oh. What's it called? The economy? General, class? General, general, general. Yeah, general, right. Yeah. In, the, in the general, oh uh, <laughs> in the general, um, uh, wagon and um that was something else that was something else that was something else <laughs> i had never done it before and uh you know here i am with my backpacks and uh, i had to sleep in the train so um uh, maybe 30 some hours later i ended up in uh in jaipur and so I stayed with another friend there. I also taught classes there. Uh, in Actually, in, in Nagpur, I also taught Surya Kriya with Abaya. Um, so I was teaching a little bit here and there. And then um, um, from there, I, I came back to Ashram because uh, there was the uh, consecration of the Adiyogi oh. statue. Okay. Yeah, so I came back for Ashram for consecration and uh, it was just intense and then from there I left again I went to um, I went to also spend some time in Bangalore and then I went to also Goa and then from Goa I went to Mumbai and then from Mumbai I decided to come back to US you're so uh, full India <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've actually done more traveling last year I, I spent time in um, in Uti oh I also yeah, I also went to uh, Kolkata. No. <laughs> I I went to Pondicherry, and even before that, the year before, I went to Rishikesh. No. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> Delhi. I've been a couple times, but I don't like Delhi. To be <laughs> but yeah, I have to say that um, I I know India better than I know any other country, actually, and. Uh, I love it. I love India. Everything about it, the people, the culture, the food, the everything, everything. I love it. <laughs> and so um, I guess it, it, it's also made my decision to, to move full time into the ashram much easier. Um, so uh, I think uh, I think that has helped a lot, definitely. And Anyway, just fast forward because I've only been just like rambling on for too long. Oh, no. but, this is really uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> How much time do we have on now? We have half an hour okay. left. You had spent okay. two hours. No, we have still half an hour. Okay, good. So, um, you know, you edit this however you have to. <laughs> no editing. This goes as it okay. is. <laughs> okay. 
Do you have any questions, by the way? No, no, this itself is like, you are over right. I don't have any questions. Like, I would like to know, like, you came back to US, then like... Yeah, well, so let's continue. I came back to US 2017, um, and uh, immediately after I came back, I decided to go to Colombia. And something was calling me back in Colombia, you know? So I went to Colombia, and... Um, I traveled there too. I spent maybe three months traveling and um, not, not all the three months were traveling, you know, but I was with my family and, and, and did travel to other places I had not visited before. And spending time there um, definitely allowed me to see that yoga is so much needed in Colombia and entire South America. And no one knows what it is. So when I came back, I came back finally like for good uh all my travels were done i came back in july of 2017 so i spent an entire year outside of uh just traveling and including the training so when i came back to new york um i started teaching here uh, i started teaching with foundation um i i got to be with my other uh, batchmates and you know life just started in terms of teaching and a uh, good thing as I had some experience teaching it wasn't like the first time I sat in the dais so um, I was very comfortable with that and um, when I first got here they were announcing a studio that was going to be called Four Yogis mm -hmm. that it was going to be run by volunteers by Isha volunteers and they wanted me and other two teachers to be part of this studio. And I said, of course, this is like perfect. And uh, that happened only maybe six months later. And then it just unfortunately, uh, it failed because people, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people don't understand that or Isha meditators don't know that there is no difference between what you would learn from uh, let's say an independent Hatha Yoga teacher as opposed to let's say foundation class you know people think there is a difference there is really no difference because we've been trained to teach exactly the same way only difference will be that the foundation has a very specific setup and very specific way of um, of how the classes um, uh, uh, I guess not conducted because it's conducted the same way but um very small minute details that you will notice with the foundation you know there's isha volunteers greeting you and things like this yeah. if you're uh if you're an independent teacher you don't have that luxury yeah. <laughs> so uh some of those things but that's it but because they, they didn't understand that difference a lot of people weren't showing up so what they ended up doing is that um they said that said guru had advice to turn it into a uh, Isha center. So that was like a win-win for everybody. And it became the New York uh, oh. Isha center. And uh, I, was, I was one of the teachers uh, there along with uh, Alex and Arti and Elisa and uh, other, other teachers in the area. And um, just was very excited to be able to teach with the foundation and it was happening quite often almost every weekend i was teaching with them and so um you know when 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 i 
when I went into the training, I told you that I did not want to teach, right? Yeah. yeah. That was not yeah, my intention. Yeah. I was able to ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that was not my intention at all. But towards the end of the training, because of everything that I had explained, you know, all these experiences and, and how yoga is everywhere in the ashram and, and, and the transformation that I was going through, even just the way that I speak or walk or, or just how I'm experiencing life, it touched me so deeply that I said, there's no way that I will not teach. <laughs> yeah. Like it, that's how it is. Like nothing else makes more sense. And uh, it was more as, as a responsibility that I had to share this with the world, whatever had said Guru had given us in that training, it was my responsibility to carry it out. And that's when I decided that I will move to Colombia and teach in South America. Oh, okay. So in 2018, I decided to move and I moved to Cali. That's where I was born. And, uh, and by the way, just a quick parenthesis here. Uh, the name Cali is actually, um, uh, it, it, they have said that it has also derived from Kali Ma, which is the goddess in India. And uh, I had no idea about this. And I thought it was very special because uh, I'm a big devotee of Kali Ma and uh, living in a city that it was basically named after her. And, I, and the other part of the world was, was very significant. It was exciting. And uh, I started teaching there. I, I was teaching in Cali, Medellin, Bogota. Uh, we had different um, workshops there. And it was amazing. But only thing was, uh, nobody knew Sadhguru. Oh. So it was a little hard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say hard. I want to say challenging. You know, I brought a lot of challenges because we had to first... Um, it's almost like introducing Isha Hatha Yoga to the world in that country. And, um, and then, and then not only that, but, you know, Colombia is a very happy country. You know, if, if you look, uh, some of the studies, I say, oh, the world's happiest country. Colombia has been number one for many years in a row. I don't know about the current one, but Colombia, you know, the people there are very happy and, 90% of them, I want to say, are struggling. It's almost like India, you know? Everybody's struggling in India, but everybody's so nice within them, you know? It's almost like they want to celebrate everything. So it's the same thing in Colombia. Only difference is Colombians like to party. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm pretty sure, you know, uh, you know the salsa dancing and all yeah. these things. Cali, oh. where I was born, it's it's also known as the, as the salsa capital of the world. Oh, okay. So. I do dance salsa. That's oh. I grew up dance, dancing this, and 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 that's what I used to do when I used to go to these bars. That's what I would dance. That's yeah. everything I would do. And um, and and it and it was almost I found myself trying to get everybody out of that world and turn inward, okay. and that was not happening. <laughs> so I did try there, and um, I I moved in September of 2018, and then in February of 2019, uh, I was told about uh, Samyama. Oh. And uh, I said, you know what? Uh, I should go, but I'm so far. I'm in Colombia, man. And you know, where am I gonna have my interview for, for my Samyama preparation, yeah. none of this. And uh, I applied 
they never got back to me. And I applied a second time, they never got back to me. Oh. And I'm like, you know what? The hell with this, man. Samyama is not for me. It's, okay. it's just not happening. And the year before that, 2018, I had the same thing. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I was, I guess I was too, uh, too much of a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> Because a lot of people were saying, oh my God, are you doing Samyama? Are you doing Samyama? And there's this whole hype about Samyama. Yeah. And, and I felt like it was almost like a lot of people just wanted to check one more program off their list. And for me, it wasn't like this. You know, For me, Samyama is about spending seven days in silence with Sadhguru and, and, and the possibilities that it could have. Not just about me checking something off my list. So I didn't like the approach that a lot of people were having towards this. So I got very discouraged. And me as the rebel in me said, you know what? I'm not doing it, whatever. Okay. And then two weeks before that, uh, I remember sitting with another Ishatega teacher. His name is Samir. Uh, he teaches in New Jersey. And he says, uh, well, why don't you volunteer? I said, volunteer? I have not done it. How can I volunteer? He says, just don't worry, apply. And I got accepted oh. to volunteer. So I, I volunteered for the 2018 in, in Tennessee. And I had, I guess, my own Samyama experience. So for 2019, I said, I have to do it. But then again, when, you know, the, the people weren't getting back to me, I said, maybe this is just not for me. So I wanna, I'm gonna skip it. So I speak to another friend of mine who was in the ashram at the time, uh, Victor, he's, 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 a, he's my best friend, man. He's just, <laughs> he's my buddy. He's also from uh, 2016 badge. So Victor Anna um, tells me, Oh man, you, you have to come. Like you cannot miss it, you know, just you. And I said, no, it's fine. Let's just not sweat it. You know, if it's not happening smooth, uh, maybe it's just not meant to be just yet. And then uh, two days later, he, he contacts me and he says, I spoke to Swami Rohil and uh, you know, he says to contact him and I was like, wow. Okay. So I contacted him and then through the school, I was able to get registered. And so, um, I found myself uh, a week before Samyama still not registered <laughs> oh. fully. I, I didn't have a tag, number, none of that. You know, oh. everybody gets their number, yeah, yeah. none of that. And I received it two days before going to Samyama. And so I said, okay, I guess this, this, this was meant to be. So uh, I went from Colombia to New York. In New York, I gave some classes, then traveled to India, did Samyama came back to New York and then oh. came back to Colombia. <laughs> oh, that's a big ride. <laughs> yeah, that was, but it was so worth it, man. It was, it was, um, it was amazing. I think, um, you know, there, there was, there was Gangesh before Samyama and after Samyama. I, I cannot say the same about the training, although it, it was almost like it was um, putting everything in place for that transformation to happen. But immediately after Samyama, that's when I, applied for a name change oh. and uh and yeah. i just recently received it in october by Sadhguru, and and so the name gangesh means um lord of ganga so uh mother ganga the, the holy river as many of you know uh, the um, ganges river as it is called here um it is another name of shiva and um when I received this name, um, I remember I, I was volunteering because Sadhguru was coming to New York in November. Oh. And uh, I'm in the middle of this booth. I'm, in, I'm, I'm one of the volunteers in the booth, you know, talking about inner engineering and the Mystic Eye program. And uh, I, I get an email 
and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. So I, I left, I, I went in the bathroom and I checked. And uh, funny story about this, because when I read it, I read Ganesh. And I'm like, I'm just looking at like, Ganesh? <laughs> I'm like, man, I've been waiting for so long. Ganesh is like the most common name in India. <laughs> it just didn't resonate, you know? I mean, nothing against a Lord Ganesh, right? Um, I mean, very devoted, but but it just didn't make anything happen within me. And and I have heard that, you know, when you get a name from Sadhguru, it's like so many things just uh, tremble within you. And I'm like, no, I cannot. And I'm, I was so excited. I read this <laughs> thing maybe 10 times, Vaisu. Okay. And I was so excited that I had not read it properly. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> And so, uh, again, I'm sitting at the booth, just kind of like, you know, bummed out and, and uh, I'm laughing because, you know, I have within me, I have so many expectations about the name, yet I get it and I'm not excited. So I'm laughing about that. And then I'm looking at it and I just slowly read it now, calm, finally, maybe an hour later. And I read Gun Gesh. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> definitely different. And when I said it out loud, something within me just uh, just sparked. I don't know what I don't know what to say. It is uh, I don't know what, but um, you know, it, it, every time for the first couple of months, when somebody would just say that name out loud, call me, something within me would just uh, get ignited. Something completely different. I, I don't know what. I cannot pinpoint it <laughs> but but um but it was finally that transition from you know you being identified with somebody that you're not or something that you're not because my old name um and for those of you that are wondering you can ask around i'm not gonna give it to you <laughs> <laughs> but but when i was uh i was called my old name it almost brought back all of these other compulsions and memories and other things that I was always identified with. And when I heard this new name, it was almost like they were calling me, you know, like whatever it is that you call me, it, it, it's almost like that was finally um, uh, in many ways, was um, addressed, you know, like, so when I say Vaisu or Vaisak is their actual name, right? So when I say that, you know, yeah, that's your name. That's the name that you've always known, if you've always had. And that was my experience with my old name. But suddenly when I heard this new name, something else just completely shattered within me. And it was almost like every time I hear that name, I have to bow down to my guru. Uh, and 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 not just that but everything that i have been through and just so grateful that that i have been given this possibility you know and i'm not one if you know for those of you that have class with me i'm not one to go into like this deeper dimensions and experiences <laughs> and all this nonsense i i tend and if you notice i i have very kept it you know i've kept it to the minimal but um but but um but I guess, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's such a humbling experience to be able to receive a name from Sadhguru and, 
and and whatever it is that that this name is is meant to do for me i think it's doing <laughs> because so many things have actually shifted since i re i received the name so it's almost like you know you think that this 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 process or this path that we're walking it, it's almost like okay um here's one step oh my god yeah okay now i get it and then you get smacked in the face and says uh -huh. <laughs> here's something else yeah, and then here's something else and and you're constantly growing and for me that was you know that whole process that everything that i've talked about so from before i even heard of Sadhguru to after meeting Sadhguru in inner engineering it's like oh my god things make sense now and then later going through the training is like oh okay i get it now and then again after samya mind's like oh no this time i got, got it, it. Yeah. and then finally you know i get my name and it's like oh my god it, you know i i never got it actually yeah, yeah. you know never it, and i still don't to this day you know because like Sadhguru says you don't know anything and the more you know the more you learn the more you understand it, you really don't know so so how if you keep learning every day then how much do you actually know? You know, I, I love reggae music. And there's this one uh, song uh, by Prodigy. For those of you that want to Google it. <laughs> yes, I will also Google it. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the song is called Who Knows. Who Knows. And uh, yeah. And uh, he says, what do you know if you learn every day? So be careful the things that you say. <laughs> And I thought that's a very powerful line because, you know, what do you really know? If you're learning every day, what do you really know, right? And so always be careful the things that you say. <laughs> so um, I think, um, you know, for me, it's been, it's been a phenomenal experience with Isha um, being a teacher. And, and, and in many times, it's been almost um, like... Uh, um, I don't want to say a challenge, but it's almost like it's almost a responsibility that you have to live up to, you know, in many ways. And I mean, no pressure for any teacher and anybody, but but that's kind of how I felt to a, to a certain extent that, um, you know, the more you teach and the more you are in touch with different participants and people, they in some way they look up to you. And, and you know what? I'm not perfect. Uh, I, I still struggle with so many different things, but um, but having those people rely on you make it so much more important for you to get up and do what you have to do. So um, I guess that brings, for me and my experiences, brought the level of growth like on fast forward almost, and uh, and. And I just keep working on myself because, uh, you know, it, it never ends. So last year, um, when I came back from Samyama, like I said, so many different things changed, but and I had so many plans just up until end of last year. Uh, I had plans of moving to Bali and doing so many different things and okay. teaching there. And, and uh, I didn't know, you know, should I go back to South America? Because I actually came back to New York because it started getting quite uh, a struggle for me there financially. So um, I started thinking and uh, I, 
I didn't know what to do and I needed some clarity in my life. And um, Swami Canada, he's, he's somebody that's always been there for me since training because, in fact, uh, I used to work with him doing the photography for the batch. <clears throat> so I worked with him closely and uh, he's been kind of like that, uh, that voice of guidance for me in so many different ways. And he's always helped me bring clarity into my life. And uh, in, um, I think, February this year, no, January, January this year, um, I, uh, the foundation flew me to Orlando to teach Surya Kriya. And uh, there was a participant who wanted me to spend some time with him. Um, and so I went to see him in Miami. And when I was there in, in Florida, I, I remember calling, well, he actually texted me and, and I said, well, you just texted me in that right time. I need to talk to you. <laughs> and I just told him, you know, about uh, so many things that were going on in my life and I, and I didn't know what to do. And um, then we started talking about uh, inner engineering and he says, you know, that, um, you know, you want to go back to Colombia and teach in Spanish, but Sadhguru is not there in Spanish. You know, the, the amount of content that's given to Sadhguru, excuse me, to the people in, in Latin America is not enough. Like I mentioned to you, not everybody knows Sadhguru there. So um, the opportunity was offered for me to, to be an engineering teacher and teach in Spanish. And I'm like, wow. And so... I thought about it <laughs> and um, I, the more I thought, the more it made sense, you know, and, and the more I thought about my life outside the ashram, you know, it just doesn't make any more sense. Nothing makes any more sense. And, and I don't know how many of you can relate to this and I don't know if you can, Vaisu, but in my life, nothing else makes any more sense, honestly, it, nothing else does. And so I decided, I, I even took a day, I went to silence trying to figure this out. And uh, to be honest with you, it was almost like the decision had already been made for me. Okay. I just had to come to terms with that decision. <laughs> that Genghis, you're now uh, <laughs> going to go through this training. <laughs> and I'm like, oh God. So, um, you know, I took some time to reflect on this. And, uh, and it, again, it, it did not make more sense. And so I accepted it. And uh, I went through the interviews. I got accepted for the inner engineering training program. And um, I'm very excited about that. So only, only thing was that as soon as everything was uh, kind of set up, virus came. <laughs> oh, yes. Because <laughs> I was supposed to be in India right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, um, but you know, that happened. And um, along with that, you know, the decision of becoming full-time volunteer at ashram and just staying there, uh, which, you know, it's a, it's a big transition, but like I said, you know, nothing else makes sense. And, uh, and I'm just excited to be able to, to help people and, um, you know, give back everything that has been given to me, you know, the training, so many different programs, Samyama, like I'm so blessed and, and have so many different things that have impacted my life. Uh, I don't live a lavish lifestyle. I tell so many different people, you know, I, I don't, although I live in New York city, it's an expensive city, but I don't have luxuries, you know? Um, 
but um, I don't care about those things anymore. And uh, I decided that the best way that I can contribute back is just going there full time and give myself totally to Isha. And, uh, and it's exciting. So I'm just waiting for the word to be passed so that I can travel. <laughs> so virus willing, or let me not say virus willing, let's say lockdown willing. Uh, I'll be, I'll be in India by the end of the month, hopefully. So I, it'd be great to meet you there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, I hope that, um, this conversation has been interesting for a lot of people. Uh, I did go into a lot of nonsense, maybe that you're no, not no, interested no, in. No, no, this, this is the nonsense we are but, uh, interested in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. But, uh, I really, I'm having a great time talking to you. Well, doing most of the talking really because you're just listening, but, uh, I feel very comfortable for some reason. Uh, and uh, even not in the lives, I don't even share a lot of the things that I have shared here. I don't, I don't even share in the Instagram lives. Many people, in fact, um, and I should have said this at the beginning, but uh, many people do not know me um, very well, personally speaking. A lot of people know me. Uh, and I guess, especially because I'm a teacher the other day just you know i guess maybe she would listen to this at some point but i had a meditator reach out to me on instagram she's like oh my god anna it's so good to see you on instagram so glad i'm following you i've heard so much about you and i'm like what (laughs) i said i hope that's not bad uh i don't know i don't know what they've heard but um i'm not one to share much of my personal life so uh i i i hope that um you know, this, this has, uh, in some way inspired people because I'm not one to share much about, uh, about my life. Um, so exclusive for Vaisu, inclusive, inclusive for Vaisu. Um, so, you know, I hope that, um, a lot of people who are listening right now, whether you are feeling lost for, you know, not knowing what to do next with your life, or um, if you're right now going through this this path of yoga, but somehow you're struggling, or you being, uh, I guess, having a lot of um, resistance to whatever is happening in your life, just know that uh, everything will make sense later, you know. Uh, I, I, I heard something not too long ago that I was talking to my mother about, and I said, um, well, whatever quote this is from, I don't remember, but let's say it's a quote, um, you know, God does not put you in situations that you're not able to come out of, you know? So whatever situation you're out in right now, it's okay. Things will get better. And, um, everything uh, very cliche but but everything happens for a reason i think i i can concur on that and i hope that uh, this is for many of you maybe just a voice of hope and inspiration that things do get better and that there is light at the end of the tunnel and that um you know although many different things in your life are not happening the way you want them to or where you may seem to um, because a lot of people also write to me about how, um, you know, their family or, or whatever 
happening to them, people are against them. Um, and I've, I've been there, you know, even I think for, for some of you that saw the live that I, that I recently had with Arti, I was talking about my family and how my father was never really supportive of me in yoga. Um, um, now, four years later, he finally agreed that I can teach him Surya Namaskar. Oh. Uh, excuse me, Yoga Namaskar. And he's practicing Simha Kriya. So, you know, the, the things do change. And, and, and what I want to make people understand is that you do not force others into anything. Okay. If you want to share what you've learned with them, what you should do is become that example. Do not try to force people to learn yoga, whether it is Isha Kriya or whatever, or, or Sadhguru, you know, because a lot of people tell me, oh, well, uh, but, you know, people think I'm in a clan. Well, but why? Because you're shoving them down their throat, something they don't want to listen to. I, instead, what you should realize is that the only way that they will feel inclined and also interested in what you're doing is if they see the change within you. So I had to learn that the hard way. And now because I, I live this, you know, this is, this is what I do. This is who I am today. Now people are interesting. So wait, why do you do this like five hours a day of this? Like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> and then they have questions or also simply because they see me more calm in a situation where others freak out. Then they come and ask questions. So those of them who are ready will ask. And, and what you should not forget is that a lot of the times you're wasting all of this magnificent energy that you may have sharing this with the world with the wrong people. Because the wrong people, you may want to uh, share everything you want, but they don't have ears to listen to you. They do not. It's going to go in through here. It's going to come out right here. So try to instead spend that energy or not even spend, share that energy with people who are actually ready to receive it. See, like me, I had a picture of Mount Kailash in the back of an office, in the back of my chair, my chair in an office in 2014 or something, or maybe 13. Somebody had come to me and said, oh, you know what that is? Yoga, blah, blah, blah. I would have just like, all right, thank you. Bye-bye, Rico, you know? <laughs> I'm being very honest. I would have just pushed them away because I wasn't ready for that conversation. But now um, for people who come to you or, or you see that they're receptive, that's when you should just pour everything you can into them. But otherwise, otherwise don't waste your time, <clears throat> excuse me, trying to force people to learn something that they're just not ready for. And, and eventually they will be. So I, I can, I'm an example of that myself personally, and also with my father. And, um, and, and even my mother, my sister, I mean, everyone I can think of uh, right now, and even my friends, even, even old friends that at some point, they stopped talking to me because I became a weirdo for them. Um, even then, when they came back, they, uh, you know, they had these questions and now makes much more sense to them. So that's just one advice that I want to give everybody. And uh, I like to thank all of you for staying just two hours listening to this ramble. <laughs> so, uh, 
thank you, Vaisuana, so much for, for inviting me. Oh thank God. you so much for what you're doing, the space that you have here for, for everyone to share and, you know, open up to other meditators <laughs> and sharing this with those people that do have those ears to listen to. Uh, I'd like to thank you for that. Um, and I want to say, honestly, I, I want to say this is a very personal thing that I like to share with you. Oh, it's a uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do have to say that at some point you inspired me to create a podcast. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. So I want you to continue doing this um, because uh, uh, I remember, you know, you interviewing different people before you even came up with the podcast. I, I, I was following you in so many different YouTube videos and then, and then finally found you on, on Instagram because I found you on on YouTube before I found you on Instagram. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, and I'm like, who's this guy? <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? This is this is so amazing. Like, uh, why why am I not doing this right? Or why am I not also sharing? Why am I not helping? Why am I not doing the best I can? So you brought all those questions in, and so I'd like to thank you. Oh, thank you. For that. Um, you actually helped uh, some of the teachers and I come with uh, a lot of ideas, and I know that. You know, you also work very closely with Sam and Tulsi oh from Soma Yoga Life. And uh, yeah, we're always discussing um, many things of that nature. So I'd like to personally thank you for that. Oh, thank, thank you for, you for what you're doing. This has been a whole sadhana for me talking to you. <laughs> like, damn, there's so many things I have to explore. <laughs> I'm even confused what I'll put title of this podcast. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what. To, I don't know what you're going to do. Uh, but, uh, but whatever it is, I know it's going to be the best thing. Um, and uh, also, I'm, as, as I'm finishing here, I'm thinking that maybe people would have liked to listen to other things. Uh, again, you know, experiences and all this mysticism and whatnot. But I just wanted to, I guess, take the opportunity to talk to you and let you know that I'm also another human being, you know, going through uh, my own experience of seeking. And, and that's what led me to where I am today. So uh, I, you know, I, Yes, this this was, I guess, in some way about my life, right? But but I didn't want to make it about how, oh my God, you know, my life is so amazing and my <laughs> classes and all this. Like, no, you know, no. It, it, I want to make sure that people also understand that, you know, I have gone through uh, my own journey to, to, to get here. I, I, it's not like I've arrived anywhere, but... Um, but definitely from where I was back in 2015, you know, 200 pounds depressed and alcoholic <laughs> to today. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's all because of that seeking, you know, I am, I'm no different than whoever is listening to this podcast. I'm no different, you know, and, uh, and just like grace fell upon me because I was receptive to it. Um, same thing can happen to you, you know, so open up if you've already um, been initiated into Shambhavi, just open yourself up because Sadhguru has so much to give for every single one of you, I'm telling you. <laughs> Donald asks, where can people reach out to you, like Instagram or email lady, which is the best place? Uh, well, so if they, uh, whoever wants to reach out to me, if you are in the New York area, especially, um, uh, I will be teaching, uh, starting to teach again, starting next week, uh, corrections, practice corrections, and also any other uh, Hatha Yoga practices. 
You can reach me on Instagram through uh, Gangish Yogi. So Gangish spelled G-A-N-G-E-S-H and Yogi, one word. And uh, you can also find me um, on Insta on uh, excuse me on Facebook as Gangish Pedreros. My last name is Pedreros. That is P-E-D-R-E-R-O-S. Um, I don't know if I should give my WhatsApp number. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no WhatsApp, you'll be. <laughs> no, but I will say though. I will say how. Telegram, you give. You give Telegram, and if yeah, you have. way too many people. But but I do. Uh, the reason I thought about that is because uh, if you do want to uh, join, uh, there is a Sadna support group that I created here in New York, and now we have people from all over the world. Uh, there are people from Africa. Um, South America, India, United States, um, many different countries uh, that are making part of this Sadna support group that's been uh, right now managed by myself, Arti, who's another Isha Yoga teacher, and Sam and Tulsi. So uh, we have about 90 participants in that group. So if you'd like to be part of it, you can find a link to that group in the uh, <laughs> link tree that's on my oh, bio in Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so I know I don't know that also. Started. I'll put yeah, it in yeah. my description so, also. Perfect. So for those of you that, you know, um, right now struggling, um, you can definitely join that group. And uh, we're not going to bombard you with a bunch of messages. Please have that in mind because I'm not a fan of that. But, uh, you know, here, here and there are little things that will definitely uh, spark that so that you can get up into your sadhana in the morning. Great, Anna. So, <laughs> Thank you so much. I can't wait to upload this. <laughs> <laughs> You're most welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much again, uh, everyone, for listening, staying in tune. Thank you, Vaisu, for, uh, for doing this. And uh, I hope to see you soon in India. Yes, definitely, Anna. Thank you. Namaskaram. Thank you. Namaskaram, everyone. Bye-bye. Namaskaram. Namaskaram everyone. So that was the end of one awesome podcast. So this is also available on YouTube. So please reach out to Gangesh Anna on his Instagram page because he said to me like, okay, this is such a long podcast. Will anyone listen? So if you have reached the end of the podcast, make sure you hit him up on Instagram handle, which I have linked to in the description description and let him know how awesome his sharing was. It was really touching for me to, you know, go through this entire podcast. It was like an entire sadhana for me. Uh, yes, too deep, too deep, guys. And please, if you're listening to this on Apple podcast, do leave a five star, four star or three star rating. And if, if you can leave a written review, it would mean the world to me. So thank you, guys. Uh, please follow this on Spotify, Anchor or wherever you can. It really means the world to me if you do that. So it gives me the motivation to, you know, keep on doing this podcast. So thank you so much, guys. Take care. Namaskaram.